every hand lifted right now. Come on, let's touch heaven. Hallelujah. You feel what I feel in this house right now? Come on, let's magnify Jesus. Let's glorify. I'm thankful I can feel his spirit moving in this house. Anybody come hungry for the things of God? Hallelujah. Man. Amen. I want to say how great your music team is. Amen. Wow. Amen. Amen. It sounded like I was listening to the soundtrack. You guys sound really good. And amen. I'm thankful for people who, amen, move in excellence in everything that they do for the kingdom of God. We're not just here to entertain, but we're singing unto Jesus. Amen. And I'm thankful for your pastor and the Hood family as a whole. They have been great friends to me. And every time we connect, I leave feeling encouraged. Amen. And he does. How do I put it? Amen. He doesn't make you feel, um, he doesn't make you feel awkward, amen, for having challenging times, but he is always ready with a word to encourage, and I'm sure you've experienced that here, amen. I'm thankful for people, amen, who are successful in the kingdom of God, but they're down to earth and they can relate, amen, and I'm thankful for what I feel in this house, amen. It looks like pretty soon you guys are going to need a new building, amen. Amen. God is great and greatly to be praised. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 28, we send greetings from the Bay Area. Amen. There are people who live for God in the Bay Area. Amen. Amen. And my wife wishes she could be here. Um, my children are taking turns being under the weather. So, amen. She'll be here next time. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 1 through 8. You have it, say amen. Man, the Bible says in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow, and for fear of him the keepers did shake became as dead men the angel answered and said unto the woman fear not ye for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified he is not here for he is risen as he said can we say that together as he said come see the place where the Lord lay go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. Everybody say, I have told you. Amen. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. Amen. There are a lot of sermons, amen, that I could preach. Amen. But I felt this in the Holy Ghost. Amen. For this church and for this people. I pray it be a blessing to you. I want to preach with the help of the Holy Ghost from this thought persuaded by the promise, persuaded by the Brahm promise. Can you set your Bibles down? And one more time, just lift your hands to heaven. Let's pray in this house. God, we love you and we thank you for your spirit that is so rich in this house. I pray, God, that by the time this service is over, you would have filled somebody with the Holy Ghost. I pray, Lord God, you would move from the front of this building to the back and from side to side. We understand, God, accept your spirit, move and accomplish what it will that we've gathered here today in vain. I pray, God, that I would decrease and that you would increase. 
And God, that by the time we're done, we would have had a great move of the Holy Ghost. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands one more time as you're seated. Amen. Persuaded by the promise. Amen. I hope it's okay this morning to talk a little bit about the resurrection. Amen. Resurrection, especially in a Pentecostal church, is something we talk about more, amen, than just on Easter Sunday. Amen. The resurrection is the culmination of the plan of God from the foundation of the world. Throughout the history of this world, There have been many great moments and accomplishments throughout the course of history, but the revelation revelation that comes from understanding how great his sacrifice is is still working wonders in our day. The resurrection is the greatest event that has occurred in the history of our world. This event was not simply a New Testament phenomenon, but the resurrection was the ultimate plan of God that was prophesied Amen. Over centuries through prophets and men of God. You can find testimonies of the resurrection all throughout the Old Testament. In Job chapter 19 and Psalms 49, Psalm 73, Isaiah chapter 25, Ezekiel 37, Hosea 13, Daniel chapter number 12. All of these places prophesying about the resurrection of the Messiah. You'll find connections between Psalm 16 And Psalms chapter 22 and further ties between Isaiah 53 and Daniel chapter number 12. The reason that it's important to understand how many times it was prophesied about the resurrection is because it helps you understand that the God we serve is not figuring out on the go his plan for humanity and his plans for our lives. But the God we serve has always had a plan and a way, a method for redeeming mankind from the grips of sin and the grave. In fact, if you read Revelation chapter number 13 and verse 8, the Bible tells us that he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The reason this is exciting is because it makes you realize that God has never hid what he planned to do. And in spite of the attempts of the devil, to put roadblocks and obstacles and trials and tribulations in the way to stop the Messiah from coming, the plan and the promise of God continued marching on. The plan of God and the promise of God will always prevail and it will always overcome. If you think with me to some early examples, Cain may have killed Abel, but Seth sprung up in his place. Esau despised his birthright. Amen. But Jacob was hungry for the things of God. As you read, Joseph was sold into slavery and brought to Egypt, but it was there that God would position him to preserve the people of God. And even when a new Pharaoh came who did not know Joseph and began to enslave and inflict the people of God and kill the Hebrew children, a baby by the name of Moses was placed in a river, a man who would grow up to lead the people of God through the wilderness. Again, the promises of God continued to march on. And although Moses would be opposed by Korah, and the people rebelling, wanting to return to Egypt, there were young men like Joshua and Caleb, a man who wouldn't believe the report of the enemy, but believed in the report of the Lord. Amen. And what I want you to realize this morning is that this principle 
Amen. It's not abstract, but it holds true for your life. Amen. If you remain faithful to God, the promises of God in your life will continue marching on. Amen. I want you to think about this with me. God didn't hide what he was going to do. Amen. Men of God prophesied. It's almost as if God stood back and waited to see what the devil would try to do to stop the plan of God. But I'm here to encourage you, amen, that the promise of God sometimes will go over the obstacle and sometimes it'll go around the obstacle. And sometimes the promises of God will bust right through what you're facing. But hear me, if God has ever spoken a word in your life, that promise is marching on. And God is going to fulfill every promise that he's ever given to you. Amen. I'm preaching to some people. There are some promises that God may have given you years ago. Hear me. God keeps good notes. And God has not forgotten what he said he would do in your life. And if you would remain faithful to the things of God, I'm preaching to you the promise of God uh, will find a way uh, amen to manifest itself in your life uh, can we clap our hands and give God the glory amen the promises of God always find a vessel and sometimes we're confused about what God brings into our life. Amen. Never doubt even the small, insignificant things because God works small things and uses it to reverse your situation. And sometimes the path forward looks like Joseph going to prison. And sometimes what the enemy uses to destroy you is what God will use to bless you. You got to adopt a spirit of anticipation that says, I don't know what you're doing. Amen. With what I, where I am, but but I know that I serve a God, a man who can use what was meant to destroy me and use it to build me up. I've come to encourage somebody in the house of God today, amen, that God could take what's hurting you and use it to bless you. God could take what's killing you and use it to give you life. You just got to be faithful and stand on the promise of God, amen, that he's working all things together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen. And so we see this in Scripture, not just only in the Old Testament, but in spite of the enemy's greatest attempts, it could not stop the promise of God. Amen. In spite of Herod killing all the children in an attempt to stop the Messiah from coming. Amen. The Messiah still came. Amen. And he sat in temples. We read about how he healed the blind. Amen. And he brought the dead back to life. And he healed the lame and he healed the deaf. And the Bible tells us how he cast out demons and he walked on water and calmed the raging seas. Amen. And he willingly laid his life down for you and I. And yes, the serpent bruised his heel when he was crucified, but he crushed the head of the serpent. Amen. When he rose up from the dead. And when Jesus rose up from the dead, he rose up with all power and with all authority and with all might and victory over death, hell, and the grave. Let me tell you why that's exciting. Amen. Because if the spirit of him that rose up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Amen. I'm preaching. Amen. If you get that spirit inside of you, God will begin to speak life to areas that you thought were dead. And God will begin to breathe into areas that you thought would never breathe and walk again. Hear me? 
me. Amen. The power that comes from the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not simply that he rose up, but the fact that he rose up means that you can get up. Amen. And there are places that some of us have stayed in. There are caves of depression and doubt that some of us have stayed in. But the Spirit of God is here to tell you today, you don't have to wrestle with that anymore. And you don't have to lay your head on your pillow at night and battle with depression and with stress because the Spirit of God he is here to break every chain and to break every lie and to set the captive free in this house today. Amen. I'm preaching. Amen. That there are some of us who struggle with addiction. There are some of us who struggle with fornication and with lust. Amen. But the Spirit of God is greater than whatever you face. Amen. And before we get to where I want to go, I just want to remind somebody. Amen. God knows what to do in your situation. And God knows what to give you. And God knows how to bless you. And God will raise you up. Amen. But you got to get the Spirit of God in you. Amen. That's why, amen, you don't see Pentecostals. Amen. Rolling around with the crucifix on their neck because the God we serve is not dead. Amen. He's alive. And what's important to understand, amen, is not simply, amen, the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What's important for us to understand is how that relates to you. Amen. Because if we're not careful, we'll let reading through this story and sitting through Easter Sunday services become a play. Amen. And a good time of remembrance. Amen. But what I'm preaching to you today is that God, amen, wants you to partake in his same experience. Amen. And Jesus was killed. Amen. Jesus died. And you can die out to your sins when you repent. Amen. When you repent and tell God, I'm sorry, and I don't want to live that, you die out to your old lifestyle. And just like Jesus was buried, you're buried with him in baptism. That's why I was rejoicing. I heard there's some people that are getting baptized today. Amen. Come on, the old man's going to stay down. You're going to be forgiven of all your sins when you come up out of that water. But it doesn't stop there. Just like Jesus rose back up again. Amen. You will raise back up when you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's still the plan of salvation. And God is still giving us the power to overcome in the day and age that we live in. Amen. And so I want to just take a moment, amen, and begin to walk through this scripture text. And I want to impart to you what God has laid on my heart. Amen. The setting of our scripture text that we read, like I said, needs no explanation. Amen. But Mary of Magdalene and the other Mary, they were coming to the sepulcher to see where Jesus was buried. And as they approached this burial place, the Bible tells us of an earthquake and an angel that comes from heaven and rolls the stone away from the door. And so great was this supernatural display that the Bible tells us the keepers that were there to make sure, amen, the disciples didn't come to steal the body of Jesus Amen. They fell, and the Bible said they became like dead men, unable to move or to do anything. And one thing I found that was interesting was that although the keepers of, of the tomb fell, Mary of Magdalene and the other Mary, amen, were, they stood and they were full, amen, of power. And what I want you to understand is that the things that make this world faint, Amen. When you have Jesus in your life, amen, you'll be able to stand when the world around you is shaking. And we got to be thankful because there's a lot of us that went through the pandemic. 
and we're thankful and we bless God and we weren't really that afraid. We knew that God would take care of us. But we have to understand there's a lot of people that don't have the hope that lies within us and things that we don't worry about. Amen. There are other people that are fainting. That's why it's important to get out and remind somebody about Jesus. That's why it's important to get out and tell somebody about a Jesus who's greater than the virus, who's greater than cancer, who's greater than depression who's greater than suicide. I'm preaching, amen. We, don't, we have no reason to fear, amen, because the Lord is our light. Is there anybody that's thankful, amen, when I lay my head to rest at night, I don't have to fear and I don't have to worry and I don't have to tremble, amen, because if the Lord be for me, who can be against me? Amen. And so it's here where we reach the heart of what I want to preach to you today. The Bible says in Matthew 28, verse 5 and 6, I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Now, I, just like you, have read over this story thousands of times, but as I read this scripture, those three words, amen, seemed to jump off the page at me, where the Bible says, He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Wrapped up in this, amen, supernatural occurrence are three words that are small and subtle, but will give you a powerful revelation. It's almost as if the angel was gently rebuking the Marys that came to the tomb that day. Almost as if the angel was saying, why are you surprised? Didn't I tell you he would rise? You should have known he wouldn't be here. And as I thought about this, and I pondered this, I began to think, why? were the disciples downcast? And why weren't the disciples running to the tomb on the third day? You see, Jesus had told them multiple times what would happen concerning his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Consider Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. The Bible says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go to Jerusalem, and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes, and be killed and raised again on the third day. Again, in Matthew chapter number 20, the Bible says that Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, and he took his 12 disciples apart, and he said, we're going to Jerusalem, and I'm going to be betrayed by the chief priests. Amen. And they shall condemn me to death, and shall deliver me to the Gentiles to mock and discourage, and to crucify him and the, thir the third day he shall rise again and so I want you to consider walk this path with me this morning amen that the disciples were aware of what Jesus had told them would happen and there can be no argument for their ignorance or lack of understanding because even the Pharisees understood the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter number 27 they came to Pilate and they said you remember when that deceiver said amen while he was yet alive after three days I will rise again command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day so I want you to think about this amen the Pharisees were aware of the words of Jesus the disciples were aware of the words of Jesus but it was only the Pharisees that were there at the tomb amen God forbid that the world would remember more about the words of Jesus than the church of the living God amen we ought to be telling the world what scripture says and the world should not be telling us what scripture says Amen. Praise God. Amen. And so, amen, what we pointed out 
is that it wasn't a matter of the disciples not being foretold of the plan of God. And as I searched the scripture, the only conclusion I could draw was that the disciples were so adverse to the process and the plan and the suffering that it blinded them to the purpose, the joy, and the benefit of the reward. Amen. Consider in Matthew 26, God explains to his disciples through the institution of communion, amen, and foot washing, how his body would be broken and his blood spilled once and for all. He was telling his disciples that it was for the remission of sins for humanity. Amen. Yet when they come to arrest Jesus, what does Peter do? He pulls out a sword. Amen. And he chops off the ear of the high priest. And Jesus rebukes him and tells him to put up his sword. Amen. Why did Jesus rebuke Peter? Amen. And this is what I want to preach to you today. It was because Peter was so appalled by the suffering that he was letting it blind him to the abundance of glory that would be revealed through the suffering. Amen. Peter was so taken aback by the process that would unleash the greatest miracle the world has ever known that he was doing whatever he could to prevent it from happening. Amen. And what I'm trying to show you in this scripture text is the only thing that can stop the promise of God in your life is when you become too fixated on the process and you're not fixated on the promise. Amen. When you get fixated on the suffering we have to endure and not the joy and glory that will be revealed. Amen. What it will do is stop the promises of God from marching forward in your life. Amen. Consider with me. Amen. If Peter would have had his way, amen, Jesus would not have been crucified. And without Jesus being crucified, amen, we wouldn't have the plan of salvation. Amen. And without the plan of salvation, we wouldn't have no remedy for sin. There would be no Acts chapter 2. There would be no baptism in Jesus' name. There would be no infilling of the Holy Ghost. There would be no justification. And what I'm preaching is your perspective matters because if you become fixated on the process, it'll blind you to the necessity of the promise. And I feel heavily to minister in my spirit to someone in the house today that it's time to have a renewed focus and a refreshing in my spirit that I'm not going to let what I have to endure cause me to stay stagnant and not march forward into the promises of God. Amen. I'm preaching. You got to get a boldness in your spirit that what God has for me is worth whatever I have to go through to get to where the promise of God is. Amen. And I want to preach to someone, don't be blinded by the process. I understand living for God. There's a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of hardship. Amen. There's a lot of suffering. Amen. But I'm preaching to you today. What God has for you is greater, is greater than all the suffering that you have to face in your life. Amen. The promise that God has for your life is greater than the process you have to endure. Amen. Hear me today. One moment in heaven, one second in eternity is going to be worth all the hardship you had to go through here on this life. Amen. I'm preaching to give you a renewed perspective because if we're not careful, we'll let the devil continue talking to us and telling us it's too much. It costs too much. It's too much of a sacrifice. But I'm preaching here today under the unction of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That what God has for you is greater than the suffering. It's greater than the hardship. Amen. The joy that's going to be revealed is greater than the 
the heartache that you feel, you got to be faithful to the house of God because what God is going to do in your life is greater, amen, than the process you have to go through to get there. Amen. But you got to make up in your spirit, amen, that there's nothing that's standing between me and what God has for me. You got to make up in your mind uh, that revival in Carson City, amen, is worth uh, knocking some doors. You got to get in your spirit, amen, that me being in church is worth it if my mom's going to be saved and my dad's going to be saved. I'm preaching to someone, you have backslidden children. You want them to be saved. You got to be faithful. You got to endure the process. You got to buckle up and say, amen, I'm putting my family on my back and I'm walking forward because what God has for us is greater, amen, than the suffering that's required to receive the promise amen too often there are people that are walking out and losing faith amen there are too many people that come into an atmosphere like what we felt here today amen but they're so adverse to letting go of things amen that they leave touched but they leave unchanged amen and what I'm preaching to you today you got to get in your spirit amen that nothing good comes easy amen nothing good comes easy and it's not going to be easy to fill these seats it's not going to be easy to get a new building amen but God you place me here and I'm not moving I'm holding on to that promise and if I'll stay faithful and if I'll keep marching and I'll keep praying and I'll keep believing God is going to bring to pass every word that he's ever spoken Amen. I may be preaching to a select few this, this, this afternoon, but hear me in the Holy Ghost. There are some of you that are facing things. Amen. You come here and you're put together, but if you're honest, you've thought about walking out. you thought about giving up, and God has sent this preacher over a mountain to let you know. Amen. Keep walking and keep being faithful. Because there's too many people that left church, amen, and their miracle was there. They left church and their promise was on its way. Amen. Come on, be faithful. Be faithful to the house of God. Amen. Amen. We all have to reach a place in our life, amen, to what God has spoken to me is greater than everything I have to face to get there. Amen. That what God has for me is greater than anything that comes against me. And what I feel in the Holy Ghost, amen, is some of us need to open our eyes and realize that just on the other side of the process lies the promise. you got to learn how to push through some things. What does that mean? Every time you come into the house of God, you're not going to feel the spirit. You're not going to feel goosebumps. Amen. But we as apostolics, we're not led by what we feel. We're led by what we know. Amen. The Bible says, amen, to, to let your thoughts be established. Amen. The Bible says to let your ways, commit your ways unto the Lord and your thoughts will be established. What does that mean? Sometimes I'm committing my way and I don't even understand how this applies. That means sometimes your pastor gets up and preaches a word. You don't know how it fits in your situation. Amen. But I'm committing my ways to the Lord and my emotions will follow. There are too many people that are being being led by their emotions. They're in the house of God, then they're out the house of God. They're on fire for God, and then they're cold. They want to live for God, and then they don't want to live for God. You can't be ruled by your emotions. They're up and down. They're fickle. The devil lies to you. The devil will whisper in your ear, I'm not led by my emotions. I'm led by what I know. That means even when I don't feel him, it's still right and in order to clap your hands and to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. It's still in order to worship. 
Amen. You don't got to feel like worshiping to worship God. You don't got to feel like praying to pray. You don't have to feel like fasting to fast. What you're doing, amen, is putting your flesh captive and said, I'm ruled by what I know and not by what I feel. I'm ruled by the promise and not by the process. I'm ruled by heaven and not by hell. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Amen. It's because we live in a world where everything is quick. Amen. You order on Amazon and it's at your doorstep. Amen. You go through fast food and you get your food quick. Amen. We're ruled. Amen. That people are forgetting the art of waiting on God. And what we have to understand is what occurs in the physical does not always translate to the spiritual. And the world may be quick, but sometimes God works on his own timing. Amen. What am I saying? The path to greatness, amen, is not a quick process, amen. And there are too many people that walk out, amen, because they are not willing to endure what it takes to be great in the kingdom of God. But I'm preaching to you, greatness is not a pulpit, amen. It's not a microphone. Greatness comes, amen, when you're on your knees and you're praying and you're seeking God when nobody's watching, amen, and you're faithful in your giving, amen, when nobody's watching you, how much you give. Hear me in the Holy Ghost. Some of us need to learn, amen, to pray in secret so that God will reward us openly. We got to get our eyes off the process and onto the promise. Amen. Consider these scriptures in Hebrews chapter number 11. Amen. The Bible tells us by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for esteeming for, for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Amen. Moses said, I'm going to leave the palace and I'm going to suffer affliction. Amen. Because what God is going to do is greater than the splendor of this palace. Amen. But sometimes a lot of us are afraid to leave the palace because what happens when you leave the palace is you're hit with the burden. Amen. Moses, amen, was good as long as he was in the palace. But when he went walking and he saw, amen, an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, he killed him. Amen. And he was misdirected. Amen. But he was moved with compassion. And what happens when you get out of the palace, you start knocking doors and start teaching Bible studies. God begins to put a burden on your heart. Amen. You can't see how people are really living. Amen. If you're only in the church on Sunday. Amen. But when you get out in your community and you see people that are addicted to drugs and alcohol, I'm telling you, you, it begins to stir something up uh, that there's a God that's greater, amen, than what they're facing. Uh, and we need more apostolics who are willing to go out, uh, amen, and begin to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and let this world know there's a God that's greater than what you're facing. Amen. How were these great men of God that we read about, how were they able, amen, to be faithful, amen, consider some of the things that they went through. The Bible says that they were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted and they were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. Amen. It doesn't say Gucci and Prada. Praise God. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute and afflicted and tormented. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Amen. How were they able to persevere? Amen. The Bible lets us know, even with Abraham, that he looked for a city whose building, amen, whose 
Come on, somebody, I'm preaching to you today. You got to get your eyes off the process. Abraham, go, amen, and then I'll reveal to you what I'm doing. Go out, amen, not knowing what's going to happen, and get your eyes on the promise, amen, and not on the process. Because if we're not careful, we'll let the process stop us from receiving our miracle. Consider 2 Kings chapter 5, Naaman, amen, was given instructions on what he needed to do to receive his miracle. But he was so appalled by the process that he almost let it stop him from being healed. Amen. He was so appalled by the Jordan River, amen, that he almost let, let him keep him in a leprous state. What I'm preaching, amen, is that what God, hear me, amen, what God will require of you is not much. God doesn't require much. And sometimes the word of God is going to go forth and require you to do something that's within your limits to do. Amen. But what God does is he wants you to invest in your own recovery and your own healing. And so there, there, there are times of just supernatural, amen, moving of God's spirit where you're healed instantly. But a lot of times, uh, amen, miracles equal work. Think about it. Amen. The children of Israel, they were told to gather the hyssop. They were told to apply the blood to their doors. Amen. The priest didn't go around and apply the blood for them. The Bible told them, you go gather what you need. You apply the blood to your door. And then, amen, you will be preserved from the death angel. Amen. What I feel in the Holy Ghost, amen, this may be, amen, left field of my notes, but what I feel, amen, to tell somebody, amen, all the tools of what you need what you require, amen, to receive your blessing or your change is there, but God is waiting for you to pick it up and use it for the kingdom of God. Amen. You want to be saved? You gather it up and you apply the blood. Amen. You want to be healed from leprosy? You go in the Jordan River and you dip. Amen. Hear me. Amen. God is waiting for some of us to pick up what we have and use it for the kingdom of God. Amen. God doesn't require much of us. Amen. Moses, when he was called at the burning bush, amen, he didn't have much. And he asked God, how? How are they going to listen? How are they going to hear? And you know what God said? He said, what's in your hand? And God used what Moses already had, amen, to work the supernatural. And what I feel, amen, is that some of us already have what we need for our breakthrough, amen, but we got to pick it up and use it for the kingdom of God. Amen. You already know what to do to fill these seats. Amen. You just got to go out and do it. Amen. I'm reminded of 10 lepers. The Bible said as they went, amen, they were cleansed. Amen. Your miracle is in your move. Your miracle is in your obedience. Your miracle is in you picking up the tools and putting it forward into the kingdom of God. Amen. God's not requiring much. Amen. Pick up what you already have and use it for the kingdom of God. Amen. But you got to be willing to go through the process. You got to be willing to go through the hardship. Amen. You got to be willing to face what this world throws your way. Amen. I'm reminded, amen, the children of Israel, they approached two places immediately after coming out of Egypt and crossing through the Red Sea. The Bible tells us they came to Marah and they came to a place called Elam. Amen. Marah, the word there is bitter. Amen. Because the waters that they faced were bitter. Elam, the Bible tells us, was a place of rest. There were palm trees. It was an oasis, amen, in the middle of the wilderness. But what I want you to consider, amen, that the Bible says it was at Marah that God proved them, that God tested them, 
that they gained understanding and that they saw the miraculous. They didn't see a miracle in Elam. The Bible tells us they rested and then they went on their way, but it was in Mara, the hard place, amen, where God's miracle was revealed. And what happens, a lot of us pray for a breakthrough and a miracle, but we're unwilling to go to where the miracle is taking place. Because a lot of times in order for you to walk on water, there has to be a storm first. Amen. And so what I want God to do in this house is raise up a generation of people, amen, who are not, af who are not afraid to go forward uh, into hardship and turmoil because we see the hand of God uh, in the places that are persecuted the most uh, and the places that are, uh, that are pushed down the most. Uh, it's there that they see the greatest miracles and the greatest signs and wonders, amen. But we can't be adverse to the process. We have to be planted, amen, and move forward understanding that beyond the process lies the promise. Amen. Can we stand this morning? I'm almost done. Amen. One of the things that I love about Jesus is that he never has asked or required of us something to which he hasn't experienced himself. The Bible says that he was tempted in all points like we were, but without sin. And so we're not serving a God who cannot be moved, amen, with our feelings. We're not serving a God who does not know what it's like to face the same things that you face. Rejection. Amen. Family turmoil. Amen. We're, we're not serving a God who is not touched. Amen. With our feelings. But what we have to understand that God himself has set the precedent for us. Consider with me in Hebrews chapter number 12. The Bible says, wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Watch this. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you ever wonder why Jesus was able to hang there on the cross? Do you ever wonder why Jesus was able Amen. To endure beatings with whips and his feet and his hands being nailed to the cross. The Bible tells us that he could have called down legions of angels if he wanted to. There was no man that could keep him on that cross if he wanted to come down. But he endured being spat upon and mocked. Why? Amen. For the joy that was set before him. Amen. He endured the cross. Amen. His eyes were not on the suffering. His eyes were on the glory that was revealed through his pain and through his turmoil. Amen. Can I preach to you that as Jesus hung on the cross, he saw each and every one of you and understood Amen. Mankind needs a remedy for sin. Mankind needs something that's greater than the law because the law just reminds us that every time you drag that animal down to the temple, you weren't good enough and your righteousness wasn't good enough to keep you. But my plan is to put my spirit in you. And in order for God to be able to fill us with the Holy Ghost, he had to endure the cross. Amen. He had to be buried and resurrect. I'm preaching to someone today. Get your eyes off the process and get your eyes on the promise uh, because God loved you enough to hang there. Uh, he thought you were worth it. Uh, he thought you were good enough. Uh, he thought you were worth uh, the suffering. Uh, amen. For the glory. Uh, amen. He thought you were worth it so that he could go and prepare a place for you. Hear me today. What are you facing that's greater than what heaven's going to be? What are you facing? Amen. That's greater than your children being saved. 
What are you facing? Amen. That that empty seat next to you with your loved one that you want sitting there, what are they worth to you? I'm preaching. We got to get some strength in our spirit. We got to get some fight in our spirit. Amen. That says I will fight. Amen. With everything that's in me for my family and for my children and for my promise and for my calling. Amen. The reason the devil's resisting you, amen, is because God knows the plans that he has for you. And the devil knows if you could ever get a glimpse of the promise, if you could ever get a glimpse of your calling, amen, you would endure and you would fight. And so he blinds you and he distracts you with the cares of this world, with the job, amen, with people talking about you, all these things. Because he doesn't want you to see the promise. Because the promise is more glorious than the process. I wonder if there's anyone in this house that feels the way that I do today. Amen. That I'm not going to let what comes against me stop me from getting what God has for my life. If you're here today and you don't have the gift of the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you it's the greatest thing that has ever existed. It's the greatest thing. I'm telling you there are a lot of us here, amen, that used to battle with addiction. And we used to battle, amen, with depression, amen. But God filled us and we experienced a love we've never felt in this world. Amen. I'm telling you, you'll never have another partner that will love you like Jesus. Amen. There's no joy in this world that's greater than the joy of the Holy Ghost. And what God is wanting to do is give you an empower to go through the fire. Amen. Hear me. God doesn't give you power, amen, to go around, but God gives you power to walk through and not be burned. Amen. I'm preaching to you today. Your miracle is here. Amen. Your blessing is here. Amen. But you got to make up in your mind. Amen. I'm going to be persuaded by the promise and that heaven is greater than everything that I'm facing right now. And that what God has for me is greater than the turmoil and it's greater than the sacrifice. Amen. We got to make up in our mind that heaven, amen, and our family are worth everything we have to go through. Amen. I wonder, is revival worth it to you today? Is revival worth it to you today? Amen. Amen. Is a new building worth it for you today? Come on. What God is doing is great, but some of us got to plug in. Amen. And keep marching forward into the things of God. Amen. Every hand lifted and every eye closed. Amen. Every hand lifted and every eye closed. God, I pray that you would baptize us with the fresh vision of the promise. God, I pray that you would baptize us with the fresh revelation of our calling. God, if there are preachers in this house, there are prayer warriors and Bible study teachers, amen, give them a glimpse, amen, to what you're doing in their life and encourage them and empower them to walk forward, understanding that there's nothing like the promise. There's nothing like the glory that's going to be revealed. Amen, these altars are open. Why don't we come and why don't we gather, amen, around the front and begin to pray and lift up the name of Jesus. Amen, I'm preaching to you today, amen, that the promise is greater than your process. Amen, Jesus is worth the pain and the suffering and the heartache and God is wanting to fill you with the Holy Ghost today and empower you to get a new mind and give you victory over depression and give you victory over stress and anxiety and give you victory over drugs and alcohol. I'm telling you, God has a new life available for you today. But you got to come. You got to reach. You got to stress, stretch, and you got to press forward towards the mark. Time and time again, you have proven just what you said Though the storms may come and the winds may I will face it 
Good to the ground, my hope and 
Great is your faith. 